Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. let me, I want to address 10 functions of living hope, 10 functions. So we'll look at that verse again, praised, honored, and blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercies, we have been born again to an ever living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, born anew. There's that word. We love it. Don't we PC born anew into an inheritance, which is beyond the reach of change and decay. It's imperishable. It's unsullied and it's unfading and is reserved in heaven for you. (laughs) My hope is connected. Listen, the hope I walk in and enjoy here on earth is directly connected to my hope of where I'm going to spend eternity. And that's with God. It's with my Father in heaven, my Heavenly Father, and my Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and all the rest of the saints, and my family, and my friends. So who are, verse 5, who are being guarded or uh, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation that is ready to be revealed to you in the last time. I want you to see a picture here that part of hope is not just for the moment. But it's also the hope for tomorrow in eternity. What is living hope? Well, the New Testament idea of hope is very different than I think the normal thinking of hope that we see in the world that you and I live in today. Uh, If you say to somebody, will the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Hmm? (laughs) You'll hear a person say, I don't know, but I hope so. (laughs) In other words, the hope that they're talking about This kind of hope is like, I desire something to happen in the future, but I just don't know. When I'm in that hopeless state, I think of the Cowboys. (laughs) Sorry. I've prayed. They got to do something. Faith without works is dead. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, uh, but, but you know, when you're hoping, can, can the lions go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I can tell you, I don't, I don't say it like, well, I hope so. No, I, I, am, I have a hope beyond. I see some results in what they're doing. I want the chiefs to do well so that nobody throws bricks at me when I'm preaching in the pulpit. <laughs> but Peter wanted us to understand when he was writing this epistle that it's not okay to have the kind of hope where you say, well, I hope so. That is not that is not, Peter wanted you to know, don't go there because that's not hope at all. There's, there's no connection to your knowledge of what is certain or what is secure. So in this passage, hope fully in the grace that is coming to us in the revelation of Jesus Christ, that he came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. And that it doesn't mean that we should desire something that is really uncertain. Hope is in something that is certain. Hope is not connected to the uncertain. Hope is connected to the certain. Just push on your neighbor and say, hope is certain. Yeah, it is. So we can define hope in the New Testament sense like this, as full assurance or strong confidence that God is going to do 
to us in the future what he said he was going to do. And that's, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new. There's several Southern gospel people out there, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, there's something even more just peculiar, though, about Christian hope, because Peter calls it this living hope. It's a hope that is literally breathing, energized by the very presence of God. And the opposite of living hope would be like dead hope, which calls the mind, you know, the con- the concepts from James 2 that's dead faith. There's, there's live faith and there's dead faith. And he talks to us about that. So I would think in those, an, an analogy of living hope is fertile. It produces. Hope, living hope produces. Just say that out loud. My hope will produce. Yeah. It will. It will produce in you. It'll produce in you the eclipsing of the sorrow for the grandeur of God's goodness that you will see. Next time you hear someone say, well, I hope so, you'll automatically, your spirit's going to be on alert. Not allowing that to be in your atmosphere. The doubt that's connected to, well, I hope so. No, there's no hope connected to that. You, you hear definitely hear dead hope in that. I want us to have living hope. So this, this faith, um, faith is barren and fruitless and unproductive without the word connected to it and hope fueling it. Just like faith fuels hope, hope fuels faith. And this is what's so powerful. The fuel of faith is ignited by the power of hope. We talked about that on Sunday, did we not? So I'm just going to ask that you'll just... Think about this. Sometimes when we're ministering to people who have literally struggled with depression, struggled with just um, living in, a, in the dark night of the soul and seems to be stuck there, we've learned that we want to we find a way to establish a stronghold of hope in their life. Sometimes that will take a while to unravel where the lie came in. Because if there's a core lie, then that needs to be dealt with with the spirit of truth so that hope can be anchored where the spirit of truth has now come to rule the hearts and minds of a person. So I want us just to think about how God loves to cast out fear and put hope in its place. I know that... um, Perfect love casts out fear. So if I believe that God loves me, fear will be cast out and hope will be planted beyond that of just the seed. It begins to grow and produce a tree that I can eat the fruit of. And get this, love is not a thing, it's a hymn. And hymn is wonderful, hymn is marvelous, hymn is altogether lovely. Hymn so loved us, he gave his only begotten son for us. Love is a person. So love comes to remove the fear and bring about not just possibilities, but the certainties of what hope is connected to. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Although I don't see my mansion over the hilltop. (laughs) Three of you know what song came into my mind. (laughs) It's a good one, but the other one I like even better is in that city where the lamb is the light. No more empire electric bills. In that city where there cometh no night. 
I have a mansion over there, and it's free from toil and care. I am going where the lamb is the light. I want you to know is that hope establishes the certainty in my heart. I, I know where I'm going. I also know that where I'm going is coming back here. That created better hope for me. I, maybe it doesn't for you, but I just want you to understand something. If God is the conqueror, and we know that he is, and if he rules over all things, and we know he does, then we understand is that the great, the great effort is not an escape. It's just stay and walk, walk by faith with him and stay in the plan of God with him. And this is what God said. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so he wants us to know is that there is a catching away. There is a time with him, but he's coming back. I believe he's coming back. <laughs> One of these Sunday mornings, I'm going to yank out a hymnal and I'm going to sing as many of them as I want. I'm just going to preach with all the hymns. How about that? Uh, three people said, I'll be there. Are you ready for 10 items? 10, 10 functions. First function I see is hope moves us forward. There it is. Hope moves us forward. I need hope to function this way in my life. I hope that you'll, my hope is that you'll allow hope to do the same thing for you. Christian hope is realistic expectation of a joyful longing for the future good and the glory based on the reliable word of God. God's word is reliable. It's settled already in the heavens. So hope moves me forward towards those things that I've read in the scripture. When I see the word of God says, hope just keeps moving me forward to that. A long time ago when Dr. Hunt was here preaching about the eschatological journey and processes of life, he showed it like this. It's a journey. And he said, stay in the chair. And so he had the chair with wheels on it. And he said, stay in the chair. And so he was rolling the chair, rolling, rolling, rolling. He was rolling the chair along and he was saying, stay in the chair. What's the chair? Stay in the, stay in the chair of being seated with Christ. Identity connected to what his plan is for you. And then he got down here somewhere and then he said, and if you squirt out, <laughs> he looked, I'd say that sometimes people just squirt out of the plan of God. They squirt out. They, they get a wild hair. Someone says one time. And so they get out the chair and then now they're walking in a direction that's going to miss the mark because God has a plan for all of us. And the chair is being seated with him instead of toiling and trying and struggling to somehow make God happy and somehow just keep God pleased with me. No, he said, be seated, be at rest. We're moving and seated at the table with the Lord, communion relationship, and we're just moving right along. And so when you get, when you squirt out and you, you got to go back to the chair, join him again, be seated with him and in him. And then that chair just kept moving all the way till we reached the big Christmas tree over there where the light was. If you remember, he was preaching and there was a big old lamp over there. And so we arrive at the teleological, uh, telos, that's God. Telos means God and teleological, the study of God. And we arrive at that which we've studied and learned of God. There is an eschatological end. What is it? To be with him forever. And he said, he's coming back and going to dwell with us. This is hopeful for me. When I look at how our government has utterly failed us, we the people, I start to get excited when I once again remember that 
Revival is the answer to our ills and woes in our nation. What is revival? People getting filled with, once again, the presence of God, the word of God, the fire of God, the love of God, the faith of God, the hope of God, the peace of God. It's all there. And when we are revived, we will do something about this. And it's not a political maneuvering doing something about this. It is walking in the divine operation of God's presence in our life and hope is engendered in that. When, I, when I'm doing that, okay, I only got through number one. Hope moves us forward. Ready? Number two, hope energizes the present. I'm energized, can you tell? Hope, when hope is being restored in your life, it'll energize you to start moving forward and not be stuck. It's time to get out the mud. Are you hearing me? It's worth living today. It's a kind of hope that just says, I'm going to live today and I'm looking for my promise in my tomorrow. Eternity is good to keep in mind. Live my today with eternity in mind. You know, it's not so hard to honor the Lord. It's not so hard to obey him. It's really not. If your identity is in Christ, if you are in sonship, if you're walking and relationship, if hope is settled in your heart, if faith is working, it's not so hard. Well, Pastor Dan, you don't know me. I have stumbled. Hey, welcome to the club called humanity. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But I saw him say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm just going to ask you tonight to let hope energize your present. And it brings light. It, I'm going to say it this way. Hope changes the dynamic of the doomsday mindset to a coronation day mindset. Hope changes the mindset from a doomsday mindset to coronation day mindset. Anybody know? you are going to be crowned. Then we will crown him with many crowns. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Can you imagine? He will give every one of his sons and daughters crowns for their obedience, their service. There's a crown of life. There's a crown of righteousness. There are, there's crowns and rewards for obedience. And then there comes a moment where the crowns from billions of people are thrown to him who is worthy of it all. We will crown him with many crowns, meaning we will, we will honor him that it is you and you alone. Are you, anybody getting excited over that? So um, what most dread when it comes to the end of time, we desire. What most people are dreading, we desire. Hence, the old timers used to say, Maranatha. Maranatha, somebody. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Third one is hope lightens our darkness. Hope lightens the darkness. It brings the perspective. Sunrise happens in the middle of a midnight of our life. Hope lightens our darkness. Number four, hope increases faith. Hebrews 11 talks to us about that. It's clearly connected. Hope and faith so closely tied together. They're literally, they bring life to one another. Without faith, we cannot soar in hope. Without hope, faith will be limp. Walk around struggling, 
hamstrung. So the greatest believers and the greatest hopers are one and the same. Believers, faithers, hopers, they work together. Number five, faith increases infectious. I'm sorry, faith is infectious. What I say? So is that. But hope is infectious is the point that should be up on the screen for you to see. Hope is infectious. Um, Hope is more infectious than manufactured virals from the CCP. (laughs) You just had to be a little political tonight, didn't you, Pastor Dan? Nope. But the truth will set you free. So I'm just going to say to you, the hope is infectious. And just as we can... um, Did you know... My, my, the way I walk my life can drag people down. There's this SNL skit. And this, this woman says, like, all the bad things happen in her life. And wah, 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 wah. Isn't that how it goes? Um, anyway, if you've never seen it, this, I would say most of SNL is not worthy of looking at. Okay, but if you happen to come across that one, it's a real picture of the person who can drag your joy-based life down into the gutter. It's just we we need to be hope-filled because it's infectious. Hope will lift people out of the gutter. Hope will lift people out of the dirt. It'll lift people out of a a dark night of the soul. Uh, On occasion, I've had a few people who wanted to slap me for my hope. Let me just try this side over here, okay? You know who I'm talking about. And it's not here in this town. It was back in Jackson. And there was somebody and just, you, you could walk up to them and just say, hey, I love you. Well, I don't love you. I hate you, I think is what she said. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. God bless you too. <laughs> she was in depression. She was struck. She was stuck. She was just, you know, the best gift we were able to give her is to love her in spite of her honoriness. What was the funnest part is whenever she would just try to have that, oh, the world is just, you know, heavy on my shoulders and try to mean to look. And I would say, I see a smile starting, trying to sneak out your face. You better, better check yourself because I know you're about to smile. No, I'm not. Life is hard. I go, oh yeah, I know, but you better cover up your face because I see a smile starting to come and she'd start to smile. Before we left to move here, gave us some very beautiful dishes just so that we would remember her. She became a greeter. We waited for some transformation before we let that happen. <laughs> huh? She turned from being to joy-based. A key component to the fit ministry, first impressions. You, you definitely don't want someone going, I hate you. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm just... But... Um, she did not like our hope, but we just kept being hopeful anyway. Can I have an amen? Uh, number six, hope is healing. Look at your neighbor and say, be healed <laughs> by having hope. Yes, literally. Um, it's, it's so powerful what can happen when, when you and I choose to just have hope. We learned to have hope for her. We had hope for her. Not just hoped that she would not be like bitter and mean, but we, we had hope for her. Don't you love it when I tell stories about Jackson, Michigan? So I just wanted to say this to you is that healing happens 
uh, there's a sense of hopelessness can come into a person's life. And when you choose to be hope filled now, you know, hope is also sensitive. It's not demeaning. Well, I got hope and you don't. So you need to get saved and sanctified and set free. You need your devils cast out. Listen, if you want someone to be free from a demonic oppression, using hope as a club is probably not a good way to do that. Help me. Hope hope is the living room that you invite them in to come and just sit down and rest. Hope is the, hope is the, you know, the, what do you call that? The little throw because they're, they're chilled in their soul and you cover them with some love and you bring them a cup of coffee or a tea or whatever it is that they need. And you hot chocolate. There you go. She wants the chocolate and you bring him some cookies and, and you, you serve them and you just find, you find a way to love on them and minister to them. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Someone says, I'm coming to Pastor Dan's house. Look at all he's given out. Number seven, hope is practical. Hope does not mean we just sit and wait for the utopian eternity to come. Nope. Hope motivates action. Hope motivates action. Hope is practical. When you are giving people instruction on how to walk out of the utter brokenness of their yesterday, and you're trying to establish hope, those who are who serve in the area of mental health and uh, in you know care and uh, counseling, they understand that sometimes it's it's a it's a light. You know those it's a street light in the middle of a dark night. It might not it might not be you can put the whole sunshine out, but you start setting some some street lights out so that as they walking towards the path they need to go to, there's some light on the path. They can start the process and then they start learning some disciplines or some practical things that can cling to or hold on to hope when hopelessness seems to still try to come like a tsunami. And, and there are those core values that they begin to learn how to hold on to. God is good. The blood of Jesus paid for everything. Nothing is impossible with God, and I am significant. I dare you to get those four things established in your heart and tell me you have no hope. It's not possible. When I have a revelation on the blood, when I have a revelation on God, nothing is impossible with God. When I have a revelation on blood of Jesus paid for everything and that I am significant for God's love of the world, hope will become established like a fortress for my heart. Number eight, hope purifies. Now in John, first John chapter three, verses one through three, John begins to talk about this component of hope. And he says this, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. The hope you have in Christ, everyone who has a hope in Christ then will purify just as he is pure. I like that because holiness is still a good thing. And the things that are hindering my ability to capture God's love for me and for me to have hope, those things, they're addressed by sometimes removing things from my life that are contaminating my faith or my hope. Hope purifies. Number nine, hope stabilizes in the storm. Remember, um, we saw that um, in the life of Paul when he was on the ship in Acts 27. Paul was able to hear a word from the Lord and it stabilized all the men who were there on the boat with him. 
I want to tell you another example. Is that in Rome, during the great persecution of the Christians, during the rule of Rome, there were drawings in the catacombs. The Christians would run to the catacombs to hide and to just to try to outlive the persecution. And in the catacombs, you will find pictures that have been painted of anchors. Pictures painted of anchors. And the reason is because Paul was communicating to the believers and the Christians for them to anchor their hope in the Lord. So the cable of faith it casts out an anchor of hope into a storm and it gives me stability when I'm walking through or traveling through a very difficult time in life. Today you can go to those catacombs and find those painted anchors. And before, if I'd have gone there and looked at them and go, well, there's an anchor (laughs) in the catacomb. There's not even water here. But the point was they were painting the anchors as a testimony to others who would follow. Anchor your faith. Keep your hope. Jesus is still with you. When the storm clouds gather, he's standing by my side. When I hear the thunder roll. Number 10, hope defends. In Ephesians 6 and 17 and also in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, we see there's this hope that we wear like a helmet. We wear hope like a helmet. It defends us, protects us. And there are battles that you and I are going to fight. And there are times where you need to wear the helmet of hope against the onslaught of thoughts that are coming your way. So those of you who have joined us online tonight, I just want to say to you is that when you're being inundated, family, when you're inundated by just societal, ah, the cries of our society, wear the helmet of hope. It's, there's also a helmet of salvation, but wear the helmet of hope. And that's one of the areas where I find that uh, as believers, we become vulnerable is that the enemy can pierce your head, your thoughts, then he'll drop them down into the well where your heart is. I'm almost done. If the enemy can pierce, get the stones in your head. Drop those stones down into your well and they'll go to your heart and your heart begins to get stoned. I know Papa may have been a rolling stone, but you need to put your feet on the rock. I'm sorry, I just, I had to do that for the hip ex-hippies in the room tonight. So I just need you to know that um, doubt will come. Despair does happen. But hope becomes a helmet in those moments for my thoughts, for me to walk in the fullness of God's purpose. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11. It's, it's one of these powerful verses I want to just remind us of. I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for your welfare and peace, not for evil. To give you a hope in your final outcome. To give you a hope in your final outcome. I like that. God wanted us to know that in our final outcome, there is a hope that is planted there. 
Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. I invite you to check out the Author's Corner podcast where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Author's Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster.